welcome back. Pull up a chair and join us at the table this week for another episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice, a tabletop role-playing podcast. Welcome back to Paper, Pencil, Dice. So, last time our heroes, uh, now including the almighty Yanthal, um, went uh, and they, they met up with Lady Isabella and went back to the centrifugal governor and learned a little bit more about the city and more about what was going on. Uh, meanwhile, Athir wandered off and had his own adventures as well on the side. So, uh, before we dive back in, uh, we have a question from one of our listeners. Uh, Brett writes in and says, I love your skill talent system. Where did you get the idea from? Uh, so to answer that part of it, uh, there is a, it's, it's a system. The skill challenge concept actually comes out of Dungeons and Dragons fourth edition. Uh, but the specific rule set that I use is a modified version of what is known as Lord Kensington's rules of skill challenges. So traditional skill challenges in fourth edition are just pretty much straight up. There's no restrictions on what skills you can and can't use. You simply have a DC threshold. You meet it and use whatever skills you want. You can use the same skill every time for every role. Uh, to me, that seems somewhat less interesting, uh, so I like the additional restrictions on what skills you can and can't use based upon the order that the players are in and, and so on and so forth. Um, I actually first discovered the Lord Kensington system from another podcast uh, known as Critical Hit. Um, if anyone gets a chance to listen to that, I strongly recommend that series. I also added the modifications of using the Critical Hit system in... Pathfinder 2nd Edition for the floating reroll concept, which has worked out pretty successfully so far. So that's where it comes from. The other part of Brett's question is, uh, does Tegan try to fail at skill challenges? Yes. Okay, okay, we gotta clear the air on this just a little bit. So first the of all... The answer is yes. Our, our, no. Our DM, Tony, sets me up because there's like icons on the chart that says you know whether we passed or failed. And he uses like one of like the fighters in our group for like the successes, and he always uses me as the icon for the fails. And poor Tegan is always on the fail column. So that's the first thing. Second uh-huh. thing is I cannot roll to save my life. I play Risk mm-hmm. with my wife, and she has half the armies that I have, and I still uh-huh. lose. So it's it, it the dice are against me is is really what it's about, and so is the DM. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I just hear a lot of excuses. pretty much that's not right (laughs) i mean is it (laughs) it's not our fault all right well uh yeah so no i don't think tegan is trying to win at skill towns i also don't think it's okay yes he's not trying to win (laughs) (laughs) he plays for fun but our skill challenges wouldn't be anywhere near as entertaining without him, so. Well, glad I can help somehow. <laughs> Certainly not in skill challenges. If not with victory, with at least <laughs> entertainment. You're right. So, all right. Well, let's uh, dive into this week's episode. So, last time everyone had returned back to the centrifugal governor, had returned up to their room uh, that was paid for by Jathal, and uh, had... Re- uh, plan to rest for the evening uh, prior to heading out to go to the Skyreach district of Malatoon. Uh, but in the middle of the night, Tegan, you wake up. 
Uh, it's definitely not morning yet at this point. But you also wake up and realize you are not in the same room you went to sleep in. What? Wait a minute. What do you mean I'm not in the same room? As you rise out of bed, you find yourself in a room that does look familiar to you, but not the room that you went to sleep in. Oh, uh, yeah. Is my little stool still next to the bed? Your little well, your the bed isn't there, and nor is the nor, nor is nor is the stool that you left beside your bed. Uh, it's supposed to go in the chamber pot. <laughs> Don't put it beside the bed. That the, you know, you're just gonna sit, step on it. <laughs> he he had to he had to decrease his weight before he went to sleep. Uh, I just imagined a bunch of rabbit pellets around the bed. Wow. Everyone always knows where Tegan sleeps. Great. <laughs> so that's going to be a thing now. Hey, you know, <laughs> we don't do this to you. You do this to yourself. Yeah, sure. That's what they all say. <laughs> it's discrimination of short people. Uh-huh. You No, you could have said step stool, and we would not have had nearly as much fun. <laughs> oh, all right. So, I will be anyway, more explicit so in my let, implications. Go, getting back to the room you find yourself waking up in. Oh, yeah. Uh, you w- uh, walk out into the room again. As I said, it is a familiar room to you, uh, and you recognize the three-sided chess table in the middle of the room. Uh, though the familiar players that you usually see around it are nowhere to be seen at the moment. Uh oh. So I don't have any of my friends. Nope. None of your friends. Okay. And then from uh, the darkened corner of the room, which you recall. In this room, the corner of the room has been dark ever since the events where you fought against the undead dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you see two reptilian eyes open up and shine somewhat of a small amount of light from the, the darkened corner of the room. You hear a growling voice that comes from that shadowy corner that says, You're weakening, small one. Um, okay, uh... Hey, how's it going? You uh, you helped me out. Uh, are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm still asleep. <laughs> yes, you are. You are both asleep and not asleep. In this realm, there is no sleep. There is only wakefulness. But what am I doing here? This is where I reside. I will allow you to ask me one question and gain one answer. And in turn, I shall ask another of you. For questions are more powerful than answers and are much more insightful. Ooh, he's being enigmatic. Who are the three voices in my head exactly? One is an entity from the Nine Hells. He comes here seeking another master but but regards you as his own. Okay, that's the imp. All right. Another? Snuggles. Snuggles. I call him Snuggles. We should all call him Snuggles. I mean, you change his name every time you refer to him, so. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. Can confirm. He doesn't seem to mind that much. The other is a voice older than the world itself. Okay. And the third voice is me. Boom, boom, boom. I was once known as the Great Iron Fang, though in my current state I feel that name is no longer appropriate for me. You may call me Masal, the Dark One. I was really hoping you'd say the Mediocre Iron Fang. So, Masal, 
So you said a voice older than time. A voice older than the world itself. Than the world itself. That's not my master's voice then. It is not. It is also not a voice older than time. Time is certainly older than this voice. But this voice does not originate from this world. Hmm. I better stop listening to it then. That's why I keep getting in all all this trouble. All right, and your question of me? What is your quest? I see in your mind a great conflict around a Hup Bottomsworth. Is your quest to snuff the life from him? No, the quest isn't to snuff. It's to save the world. There is an entity, uh, some kind of cavern that's shiny and has slimy things all in it. And there's some sort of horrible entity in its bowels that threatens to take over the world. Our job is to take and find some stones, put it into some mechanical device, which the voice told me to do some bad things to. Now makes a whole lot more sense. And uh, stop the thing or keep it entrapped or enslaved or whatever it is in the bowels of this larger machine. Very well. Your quest is to save the world. And as such, I owe you my freedom as you have saved my soul. Yet I am an ally to none. I am dead and yet very much alive. I had so much more I wanted to accomplish in this world and I still wish to crush this world beneath my heel. Yet... In fate's cruel t- twist of irony, I was forced into this small vessel with such small feet. Oh, uh, my feet are rather large. All, all people compliment me on my feet. They say they're... <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about a gnome with large feet? <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kids it's so very hard. <laughs> Kids, ask your parents. Yeah. Why'd so, you have to go to it the feet? I would have. I would have been fine. I could have played that straight. All right. Oh, could you have? Could you so, have? Sorry about my small feet. I believe we can have an accord. As I am aware, if you perish, so too shall I. And as such, our fates are intertwined. I will help you in your quest in exchange for you letting me stretch my wings from time to time. Stretch your wings to, like, we get to fly together? Like, like go faster than horses? Sure. Oh, okay. From From time to time, we get to fly together. That sounds like fun. Absolutely. So, do you agree to the accord? Absolutely. Very well. Oh, God. The pact is sealed, and then you wake up in the actual room. Oh. Man, I I don't feel good. <laughs> so, the, so, the rest of the group, uh, anyone who wants to is welcome to give me a perception check. Is it dealing with Tegan? Uh, well, it's not dealing with Tegan, but it's maybe noticing what, uh, you know, something from the outside having woken up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to him. Okay. You don't, no one has to roll a perception check. I'm, I wouldn't be then. I'd be sleeping. 
Wink, who, wink. who would who would like to roll a perception? I I'll do would. it. Okay. What'd you get on your perception check? Uh, let me see. What do I get here? Looks like I got a 24. Wait, did you come back or did you stay at the Green Fairy? No, he came back. Oh, okay. He arrived uh, just as you guys were finishing dinner. Yeah, I do remember that. Alright. I got a 25. Tabitha, you got a 25, you said? Correct. Okay. So, actually, both Athea and Tabitha, uh, around the same time, just... You're not even sure why, but you woke up. You know, people wake up in the middle of the night all the time. It's it's not that abnormal. But uh, you did notice uh, one thing that was somewhat peculiar uh, is that... Um, Tegan had been laying in his bed, looking at the ceiling, eyes open, but um, instead, you know, it, it, the one thing that really drew your attention to him was there was light emitting out of his eyes and kind of casting these, like, weird shadowy images on the ceiling, um, like God. swirling shadows, and then his eyes eventually close, and he rolls over and goes back to sleep. He's a human projector. That is weird. Do either of you guys do anything, or do you simply make note of it and go back to sleep? I think I would just uh, be curious about what's happening, but uh, my personality is not to um, to make a big ruckus about things. So I think I would just uh, think about what how I want to approach Tegan about that. Okay, Tabitha. Uh, so he, so it goes away eventually, right? Yeah, you guys woke up at the very tail end of whatever was going on. Oh, okay. So. Well, I would have made move to, like, wake him up to make sure that he was alright. So I'm not sure what was happening to him. Um. You probably got out of bed, walked over, because you just saw light just kind of dancing around from where, over where his bed was. You mm -hmm. wandered over there. And right around the time you got there is when you noticed the lights dancing on the ceiling, and then his eyes closed, and he went back to sleep. Okay. Right, like right as you got there. Of course, always. Because I was going to wake him up just to make sure that he was all right. You still can wake him up, but he appears to have gone, like, rolled over and gone back to sleep by the time you got there. Well, then it's probably gone, whatever it is. Okay. So you take no action? Correct. All right, then uh, it's morning, and everyone uh, wakes up. Tegan, you feel especially well-rested at this point. And also, you no longer feel hungry. What? Nice. That doesn't make any sense. Huh. Hmm. That's weird. Uh, kind of fill my stomach and fill my head and... Sit up and jump on the bed a little. Turn around, jump on the bed a little bit more. Climb down the stool, jump on the floor. Kind of wiggle around a little bit. Are you all right? <laughs> Everything feels normal as far as you can tell, Tegan. The uh, one thing that you do notice is, you know, as you're just kind of going through yourself and your belongings and things like that, is that your sword, that scimitar that you've had is yeah. slightly different now. Oh, cool. What is what's, What happened to it? So it is, uh, you see some black runes uh, written on it now. There's kind of like, it's like it's written in sort of like uh, black glowing inks, so like uh, 
trying to think of the best way to describe it. Uh, are, are, you're familiar with like a black light in the real world, right? Like the yeah. So it's similar to that. They're kind of glowing runes that are now on there. Um, and uh, do you speak draconic, or can you read draconic? Uh, no. Okay. So these are runes in a language you do not understand. Um, the okay. one thing you do intrinsically understand with them is that they are somehow channeling energy both from the sword into you and from you into the sword. Um, you do believe that you now might be able to cast your ma- your spells through the sword. Sweet. That is so cool. So can I go try it out? Well, I guess I could try it out right here. Uh... What are you going to cast oh, yeah. in the middle of the hotel room? That Jethal paid for. <laughs> um, charitable urge. Uh, who are you casting it on, and what does it do? Let's see. Charitable urge. Uh, before On its next turn, before it does anything, the target must present the nearest creature with an item in its possession. The target chooses which item to give. And if the only item it has one that is currently using to defend itself, such as a weapon, oh, it's not one I can use outside of combat, doesn't sound like. No, you can probably use it on someone outside of combat. It just, I don't know. It, it can the, choose to be stunned for one round rather than giving up the item. Well, then then that's it still is something you can cast. So, oh, sweet. Who, who are you casting it on? Uh, Jethal. Okay, Jethal, give me a will save. Okay. 25. Uh, You succeed at the spell. So um, everyone sees Tegan withdraw his sword out, point it at Jethal. The runes glow for a second. A bolt of some sort of magic goes against Jethal. You feel something trying to affect your mind, and you're able to resist it, and there's no effect. What are you bloody doing? And I I look at Tegan, and I'm like, what did you just do? I tried to get some money. It didn't work. I kind of shake the sword a little bit, trying to figure out if, <laughs> trying to figure out if I shake it hard enough, it'll if it'll do the spell better. I grab some ropes out of my bag. Hey, keep back from the ropes. I just wanted some money. That's all it was. I was trying to see if it'd work. My That's sword the exact got reason weird. why I tied you up the last time. You're doing weird things. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. <laughs> no it's the opposite of cool you don't understand I'm not hungry and I didn't have any of the beer I cast days on Tegan okay days so uh, ultimately we're just gonna we're gonna go do this narratively so you Tegan you are stunned for a quick moment um, as uh, Jethal casts some sort of a spell that kind of just slows your reactions down a bit it has new runes on it that are really cool. Well, and you're back to well. normal. <laughs> no, I didn't notice any difference. <laughs> Did you hit your head or something? Is that it? No, G thought did this to me. <laughs> did you miss your stool in the middle of the night and just fall right on your head? Is that? I mean, it's the only explanation. You're just 
Not yourself. You're back to normal speed at this point now, Tegan. Um, and really, and it's up to the rest of the party if they want to do or say anything else to you. But you feel like, honestly, you feel better than you felt in weeks. This is awesome. I feel so great. So your eyes were glowing last night. Really? That's kind of yeah. cool. So what did you do? I didn't do nothing. I had an awesome dream. Talked to a dragon. It was pretty cool. What did you promise the dragon? I didn't promise him anything. We're just going to go flying together. Uh-huh. And what is he going to give you? Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. He didn't say he was going to give me anything. He just says we're going to be friends. Oh, no. What kind of friends? What kind of friends? I don't know. We're just going to fly together. It's going to be awesome. Can you imagine me flying? It's going to be better than driving the horses. Is he going to show you a whole new world? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool friendship. It's like a, uh, our pact is sealed. So it's going to be awesome. We're going to fly together. Oh, no. Wait a moment. What did you just say? Uh, we're going to fly together. No, before that. Oh, uh, our pact is sealed. What pact did you make? We're going to fly together. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. I walk over and I grab him very sternly and say, what exactly did you agree to? Um, he said... Think long and hard, little man. Uh, he said... We were going to, let's see, I was going to receive a gift and he was going to stretch his wings. Yeah, we were going to fly together. What have you done? Uh-oh. Tegan, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. That was that was good. That was good. Was was this the same voice that you heard after or during the Bone Dragon? Oh, the dark, cloudy stuff. Yeah, when the chessboard went from two players to three players yeah he never comes to the chessboard though he's kind of weird or i can't it's not really he it's kind of a cloudy mist a cold dude what was his name uh iron fanger fist fister fang i put my hand in my <laughs> my face into my hand and say what have you done i i think we're gonna go for a ride or maybe a, a flight together i don't know maybe he'll let me ride on his back it'll be awesome what are you really expecting to happen here? I'm, we're going to go flying together. He said he was going to stretch his wings. Okay. Yes. I won't lie. Picturing Tegan flying, I'm just imagining a hummingbird. His just arms <laughs> furiously vibrating. <laughs> I'm flying! I'm going to show you my world. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Right, no problem. Right about this time, you guys hear the, uh, the the door of your room knock. I I look at Tegan and say, "We're gonna have more words about this." 
Okay. And you need to let us know when something like this happens. You want to know about my dreams? Cool. I need to know when Iron Fang expects to take his flight, as you say. Okay, cool. I go answer the door. Uh, on the other side of the door is Lady Isabella. And she says, uh, so looks like you guys are all up earlier than me. Uh, are you guys about ready to take off to go to Skyreach? Or... Hey, Yanto, your lady friend is here. She looks over at, at Jathal remembering the Yanto thing, and then she blushes, and she goes, uh, Yeah. So, um, do you guys need some more time, or? I think, uh, I think we're just, just wrapping up and getting ready to go. Thank you, milady. I think they're serving blackberry tarts downstairs for breakfast. I might go grab one real quick before we get on the road. Awesome, I'll go with you. Sh- sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we need, uh, I guess we don't probably need a pack up. I would like to. I guess I'll go down with as well. Um, I bet and try you will. And find, I guess, a bellboy, <laughs> if that's what they're called. There's several of them around. Uh, he goes, "Yes, sir. Can I help you?" Yeah, I would like to. Uh, well, wait. How many days have we been in here? Two. You paid for three. You that's right, stayed for two. For three. Right, we're probably not going to come back, though, huh? That's up to you. That's fine. We'll just check out. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would like to... Uh, can I enlist your service to uh, bring our belongings down and bring our cart around? Certainly. Um, which room are you in? I give the room number. I don't... Okay. That's fine. I know what it is. He goes, okay. Uh, he looks at a little piece of paper that he has. He goes, all right, I will go get a few others, and I, we will meet you up there in the room shortly. And he, wa- he wanders off and goes and gets about three more people, and they all show up in the room within about five minutes. Excellent. Uh, yeah, we just need to I don't know, get everything downstairs because we're going to be leaving. Right, so, and we have yeah. a cart around back. I, or you guys have our cart and our horses that we would like to get pulled around as well. Okay. I will have the stable master bring them around, and we will load all your uh, belongings in there. Thank you. Um, do you wish to depart right away, or would you like to enjoy some breakfast before you leave? Uh, Ooh, I breakfast. believe we would do some breakfast first. Very well. We will have the cart ready for you whenever you're complete. Excellent. Thank you. And... He kind of just stands there for a little bit. Okay. I toss him a gold. Thank you very much, sir. And then he leaves. You're welcome. All right, money bags. <laughs> All right. So, um, you guys go down. You have breakfast. Uh, as Tegan said, or as Tormir said, uh, there are blackberry tarts downstairs. Okay, now I'm just getting hungry, guys. I'm gonna try one. I'm gonna see what happens when I when I try a blackberry tart. Uh, you try a blackberry tart and uh, you are able to eat it. Mmm, <gasps> mm, this is so good. Mm. Hey, having a wee bit of a crisis there. 
This is so good. There are a lot of people in the room who can just kind of like look, turn slowly and look at you, Tegan, as you're just elated about the blackberry tart. So I feel like we're having a Harry went Harry, when Harry met Sally moment. <laughs> Anyone? So, you, so you you eat it. It doesn't turn. It doesn't change. The one thing that you find that you can't do though is you can't swallow it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> like you and I have like chewed up blackberry tart in your mouth, and for some reason you can't manage to swallow it. Oh no! You're gonna do have I to have like a napkin? Now. Do I have a napkin somewhere? I'm sure there's plenty of napkins around here. Yes. Oh, all right. So I'll take one of the cloth napkins and just kind of <laughs> all of it back out. Be like, that was weird. Spit. Don't swallow. I couldn't swallow. You actually herk it up? <laughs> well, not herk it. Just kind of you know, kind of let it fall. You know, you know how it works. So you make the noise or you don't? No, you don't make the noise. You just kind of blah. It's yeah. hard when you can't see the face. Like I'm doing a lot of faces right now, and nobody can see them. That's true. <laughs> There's a really inappropriate joke in here somewhere. <laughs> o- only one? <laughs> Probably two or three. Okay, well, you know. So I, I kind of do that and kind of fold my napkin up nice and pretty and kind of pat it and go, that was strange. Oh, there's so much about you that's strange, dear. <laughs> I can't, I I can't actually like swallow any of the food. I can only like chew it. Wait, so it didn't turn to dust? No, it didn't turn to dust, and I feel great. I haven't eaten or I haven't partaken for five days. I I should be hurting. Now you're just hurting. I make a mental note of this change in behavior it's really good morning i can taste stuff am i hungry but i'm not hungry at all you feel no hunger uh any food you want to eat is for enjoyment only but not for consumption apparently oh lucky wow (laughs) lucky (laughs) i don't know about that that would be the skinniest gnome i know that's awesome yeah that would be amazing Suddenly jealous, like me. Actually, suddenly jealous that you get all the uh, tastiness and none of the caloric intake. Also being possessed, you know, it's fine. All of the flavor, none of the guilt. And you kind of have to take. You have to regurgitate your food back out of your mouth every time. That's going to be kind of weird. Yeah, I can make that work. Then spit it back out. Anyway. So I gotta kind of do a little dance. I got a new sword. I got a new taste. I got a new sword and taste. Hey, hey, you know, just kind of. <laughs> if only you had way. other kinds of taste. <laughs> I, you know, that's the one thing I've never thought of. Tegan is having taste. Mm. <laughs> this is true. We're so mean to him. So, 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 Tormir, how is how is? How is your, uh, your, your food? Oh, it's delicious. But I'm clearly not enjoying it as much as some other people at the table. <laughs> I, I think we wow. might need to keep an eye on him. Something's not quite right there. Well, that could just be said for so many times. I also agree. I've, I'm trying, I'm keeping an eye as much as I can. 
And uh, at just, that point, uh, Isabella comes down, and she, she honestly, it's kind of for a noble. She seems to be, I guess, not as dainty as you might have expected. She's eating the blackberry tart while walking, and she and she kind of like looks at you guys with a mouthful of food. Goes, we got ready. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> All right. Aren't uh, these the best tarts you've ever tasted in your whole life? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I look around the table. Is everyone done? Are we ready? Absolutely. Yeah, I grab I a uh, tart for uh, Gregory and one for Francis. All right. So you guys go hop in your cart. Um, again, you do look fairly out of place here because there's very few other horse-drawn anything for the most part around here. But, I mean, it, it's, you know, no one really gives you much more than just a kind of a, huh, that's weird kind of look. Um, We're kind of like the Armist right now. <laughs> a little bit. I'm assuming Lady Isabella is riding with us? Yes. She's riding with you guys because you are her personal guard now. Excellent. I, as we get into the cart, I help her into the cart, into the back. I jump in front with the horses. You help her into the back? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Athir. I help her into the back of the cart. I'm going to uh, squeeze onto the uh, front bench. I don't want a third wheel in the back of the wagon. (laughs) So you get a third wheel in the front? Where's, Where's Athir, though? I'll be riding my horse, of course. Oh, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. I, I pat on the seat as Toymir comes over and say, you can sit next to me. And I sit like squarely in the bench so that I get the middle and the reins. I pick him up, put him to the side, <laughs> and then motion for Tabitha to, to scooch over. <laughs> I, I, I feel like if Tegan rode in the back seat of a car, he'd be in the middle with the hump in the middle between his feet. With both <laughs> arms up behind the headrests. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, you guys head out and uh, make it. Uh, it takes you about 15 minutes to make it through the rest of uh, the the Silver uh, City of Silver Streams. And... You eventually approach the proper entrance to Malatun. Uh, as you go, this is a winding road that kind of goes up a hill to uh, what you can see now is a gr- like a grand, tremendous doorway. Uh, this doorway uh, looks like it was it cra- carved directly out of the, the living mountain itself. Do we have to speak friend and enter? Uh, there, it, there are no doors. It looks like there were likely previously doors on this frame before. But the doors are since gone, and you don't see many much evidence of them having been there. Uh, so they may have been broken apart or taken down, or you're not entirely sure. But there is a door frame that likely had doors, and they, there appears to still be a hinge uh, mechanical function there. The doors could have been there, but they are no longer there. Oh, what a pity. Um, the... The, the door frame itself is nearly 50 Tegans in height. Wow. Oh, that's huge. Mm. To you. The top of the door frame is partially obscured from the steam that constantly surrounds the area. Uh, the frame cr- uh, contains tremendous dwarven carvings and runes. 
uh, though several of the carvings are covered up by tarps or posters or advertisements for different businesses. Where the previous huge stone doors uh, would have closed over the opening, there are instead two tree trunk-sized poles that are uh, hammered into either side and a large canvas tarp stretched between them. Uh, hanging down from the tarp in a beautiful elven script, although it's not proper grammar, it reads uh, Skyreach. Hmm. What did they do to this place? What do you mean? Who did what? That's a pretty tapestry. They, they ruined it. Uh, what do you mean? It was so beautiful before. There's plenty of ruins around. What are you talking about? I don't make me get off this wagon. <laughs> I'll turn this wagon around. Tormir's off his wagon. It's it's just not right. They've covered up everything, and I just just so disappointed. What do you mean? What did they cover up? Everything. The dwarven inscriptions. Well, to me, just inscriptions. <laughs> They've covered everything with advertisements. I'm sorry, I don't know why that hit me so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Go ahead. <laughs> Excuse this is me. Not good. I, I, sorry about good. that. It was funny, but I don't think it was that funny, Tegan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a problem with the the elven word that apparently is Skyreach, but has grammatical errors, which I'm, it's one word, so there's no grammar so, involved. So, so, the, so okay, here's, here's the thing. It, it, Skyreach, there is no word Skyreach in the elvish language. So what, what, what normally, if you were to describe Skyreach in elven, it would be reach of the sky. But this literally is the word sky and the word reach put together. Which, as far as you could tell, means the same thing, but it's not how you would write it in Elven if you actually understood Elven, if that makes sense. So it's like somebody who kind of understands Latin writing things in Latin? Pretty much. Fair enough. So yes, back to the Dwarven inscriptions. Or, or just inscriptions. <laughs> it's, it's just... They took something beautiful and they ruined it. It's just not the same. What did it look like before? I, I couldn't even tell you. It, words could not describe the majesty of a true dwarven city. And this... This is just a monstrosity. I'm just going to need a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So as you continue forward, the uh, you make it through the stone gateway. You do see uh, one guard off to the side, although he doesn't really seem to be paying much attention to most things. Um, and then there are two identical gnomes uh, on either side that both look like that first gnome that greeted you when you entered Silver Stream. Uh, they both greet you and identify themselves as Tom. And... Uh, Lady Isabella says, we'll be okay. Thank you. And they go, okay. Very well. And they just kind of wave you on through. Once you're in the city and traveling through, you see uh, buildings that were 
previously blacksmiths or jewelers or things, you know, dwarven crafts of, of different types. And, uh, but they've since been converted into a variety of restaurants or wineries. Uh, one has been made into a makeshift theater. Um, and it looks like there's all like festivals and things like that going on in the streets. Um, also, there have been um, holes punched in the roof of the ceiling to let uh, daylight in. Um, so whereas this would normally have been, you know, entirely illuminated by probably torches or things like that prior, there are actually uh, bored in holes in, the, in the, the, the ceiling of the roof to let as much natural light in as possible uh, while not damaging the structural integrity of the roof. Uh, finally, you uh, end up uh, going in another 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, you go past a tavern that has a large uh, sign on the outside that calls the tavern the Stout Dwarf. Um, in front of the, uh, the, the tavern, there is a statue that you guess probably once likely depicted a dwarf of some reputation. But the statue's been modified. There was a, likely a stone weapon of some sort in its hand. It's been removed. And a tankard's been re been replaced uh, with whatever weapon was held in the hand. Um, and uh, there's been red paint added to the cheeks and some sort of a poor attempt to make the statue look drunk. Um, and uh, it's it, that's kind of their, their, it looks like their mascot. And on the sign that says the Stout Dwarf, it looks like someone, did, as there's an artistic rendering of this statue out front. Uh, and from the music coming from the inside of the tavern, it looks like they're having a great time in there. Hey, Tormir, do you know this place? I'll be quite honest. I'm about to do something very rash if we stay here any longer. Uh, like something bad rash or good rash? I'm going to go with bad. Something I don't... I, I, I don't want to acknowledge. Okay. What my brain is telling me to do right now. But if I had my way, that statue would be on the ground and destroyed for what they've done to it. Uh, maybe we should keep going, Tabitha. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I don't like to be angry. It doesn't do any good for anyone. It's like holding on to a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone. But it's... This is just not right. Dwarves are a great people, and this isn't how they deserve to be treated. As some sort of mascot for a drinking establishment. I just... It, it, I, I, I can't speak right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so, giddy up horses and let's keep going. You, you're just doing this to hurt me, Tony. That, oh, that, totally. That's what this is. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> Expect uh, something in the mail. All right. <laughs> it may be stinky. <laughs> it's going to be a Tegan stool. Ew. Which kind of stool? Well, that's the surprise. <laughs> Wait and find out. Um, all right, so yeah, you continue forward, and uh, Lady Isabella kind of points out there's another building. She goes, "Okay, if we go down the here and to the left, we should be uh, reaching uh, uh, Unum and Diem's Emporium." What are we gonna do there? Do you have an idea of what we're gonna do once we get there? 
Well, I figured that we would see if they were present, and uh, if they were, uh, see if we can ask them about uh, what you guys were looking for. The cool. gem, I believe, is, is, is what you mentioned yesterday? Yes. That's a good idea. So, let's, uh, I mean, if, if anyone knows, it'd be them, I, w- I would guess, so. So, you make it down, and the walls are much less stone and much more, uh, it looks like iron, and there's gears, and there's kind of pistons and steam piping out at various points. Um, and it seems like this entire, like, as the hallway continues on, this entire area is just more and more automated. Um, and there's even a, uh, you know, a little, uh, I guess, speaker mounted on the wall that says, uh, please dismount your cart here and proceed forward. Wow, this place is awesome. I, I, I guess we get out. Uh, yeah. I, uh. I get out and then help Lady Isabel out. Yep. I grab uh, Francis and uh, Gregory. I help them out. Okay. I walk over to Athir and be like, Hey, Athir, you're more quiet than usual. What's going on? I'm always quiet. I know, but you seem more thoughtful quiet. Oh, well, you know, there's things that uh, I always have on my mind. Uh, speaking of, there's there's some things that uh, were strangely on on my mind about you. Um, although I think Jathal has uh, has the same concerns. So concerns? Why concerns? I got a new sword. I can. I don't have to have that bitter taste in my mouth, and I get to fly with a dragon. I think this is going to be awesome. I think the dragon is the concern, but we can discuss that <laughs> later. Okay, fair enough. I'll dismount and uh, leave the uh, horse with uh, the rest of the uh, cart and everything. And uh, once it, once you guys go down the hallway, it, you're guessing you trip some sort of a motion sensor, and another voice goes off and says, Welcome to Udom and Diem's Emporium. Please enjoy your stay. If you have an appointment, please proceed down the hallway to your left. Otherwise, proceed forward. And you see a hallway to your left, and there's... Uh, there's a path forward, and Lady Isabella goes, we should probably just go forward. I I won't lie. I thought you were about to, you know, go into a, welcome to Unum and Diem's Emporium. This is Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite station, or shop in Skyreach. <laughs> favorite shop on the street. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So far, my favorite shop is the Stout Dwarf. Oh, <laughs> as, as a fear suddenly gets a punch from nowhere, <laughs> and it misses. So I guess we're dancing again. There you go. <laughs> Tegan, prepare a healing spell. <laughs> the fear is gonna need it in a second. All right, I uh, yeah, I guess I start walking down and. And you walk in, and you you find this 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 massive place. It's actually more bridges than anything. So the there's a lot of light and heat coming in from in here. And even though it's felt like you know summer weather, humidity and temperature wise out there, this feels like you are like in a boiler room. Um, you know where it's just just heat, lots and lots of heat. Um, 
even the the most uh, you know people who are more uh, warm weather people would still be sweating uh, in in this type of an area. So uh, as you walk in, you see several of these, uh, for lack of a better term, just statues uh, made out entirely out of stone that are have uh, small amounts of electricity crackling over their surface uh, that are standing guard in various areas. And as you approach in, um, you hear kind of from all directions a gnome's voice say, "Uh, Excuse me, do you have an appointment? We weren't expecting anyone. We're doing experiments today. And another voice goes, Wait, wait, I think that's Lady Isabella. Hey, how's it going? Is there a bell on the desk, on the counter? Like there was in the hotel? There is no no desk. Um, It's just kind of more of a lab, it looks like. Um, but you see kind of this, uh, thing, like a platform, like a, almost like a window washer style platform, but it's made entirely out of metal, just kind of lower out of the ceiling, and you see this gnome, uh, and he's got just soot covered face, and and he has goggles over, and he kind of pulls the goggles up, and you can see the skin, uh, behind where the goggles were when he pulls them up, and he looks down, and... Uh, one of his arms, uh, from the sh- his left arm from the shoulder all the way down, it looks like uh, it's entirely mechanical. Um, and he's got lots of different devices uh, attached to himself. And he uh, holds out his, uh, his still gnome hand uh, out to whoever's the closest person to him and says, Hi, the name's Diem. Um, I run up in front of the line and shake his hand and say, Hi, I'm Tegan. Hi, Tegan. That's a great arm. What, uh... Oh. Yeah, well, I lost the old one in an experiment, so I, I made a new one. It's uh, even better than the original. Can you make me one? Uh, I suppose. Uh, have you lost? You don't look like you've lost an arm. I could. How, how, how does that work? Well, you have a tragic accident, and the arm is removed, and then you need a new one. Does it hurt? <laughs> he just kind of, like, blinks twice very slowly, and then looks over at the rest of the group. I think Tegan might need a replacement head. Can you make one of those? <laughs> he he kind of has this moment of, oh, okay. And then he, like, stops talking to Tegan and walks over and talks to the rest of the group. He goes, so, um, Lady Isabella, and uh, I assume you are, and she says, they are my personal guard. Uh, they have a, uh, a few errands that they are interested in running, and uh, they need your assistance and knowledge in possibly finding where they are to go. And uh, he goes. DM, DM looks over. And goes. Okay. Well, yeah. We can. Uh, we can. We can help out if uh, a- anything for a noble of the city. But um, yeah. What are you guys looking for? And uh, right about that time, you hear another voice over the loud, over kind of the loudspeaker that's throughout the whole room say, "DM, we're out of timeline. It's gonna blow if we don't turn it on soon." I say, "What? What's that about?" Oh, yeah, uh, we, we weren't expecting anyone here today, so we were doing experiments. We, by the way, we've, we've built a new, uh, a new device, a new, uh, uh, well, a new defender of the city. So our old Tom models um, that we used to have, they are, uh, well, they're a little bit uh, old and really not all that useful anymore. Um, I mean, they work. They work great, but really, I mean, we don't, they're not as... Uh, useful as they once were. Uh, so what does he mean by it's going to blow? 
well, so we so we're charging it at the moment, and uh, the thing is, is if we don't uh, turn it on, uh, we might have an explosion that might take out a significant chunk of this mountain. So we probably should turn it on soon. Wait, why are you charging it? Did it attack you? He, he looks at you like he does not understand at all, like your, the meaning of the word charge you're using. He goes, we're, we're, we're charging it. It batteries, it runs and stomps around and stops bad guys by punching them and stuff like that. You know, you know how it works. What, what, are, what are batteries? Yeah, uh, we know how to stop bad guys, but what is this batteries? Yes. Tell you what. I'll explain in a bit. And Unum goes, you got 15 seconds. Uh, okay. So, uh, hang on. You know what? This is actually a great opportunity. You can see the new invention uh, go, and this is going to be great. Just, okay. So he hops back in his little pedestal and rises back up. And he goes, all right, ready. And then you see, you happen to finally notice now another gnome that's way across this lab. Uh, by the way, the lab itself is just kind of looks like it's a series of hallways, like or more more accurately bridges that are over top of this just swirling mass of just raw like energy, almost like volcanic energy down below that looks like it's just churning. So don't fall off any of these bridges as you get closer to the edge and kind of notice that. All right. Um, and they go, all right, let's turn it on. And then they both pull a switch. I've got a bad feeling about this. And. They, there's a, Unum goes, oh, batteries are overcharged. I, I think we, we need to back it out. We need to back it out. And DM goes, we can't back it out. It's going to be worse if we do. Uh, all right, we'll activate the, the, the defensive uh, perimeter then. And at this point, one of the walls like smashes in and this like large red electri electrified fist comes flying through just above Tegan's head and then pulls back and the walls just kind of is ripped apart slightly. And we will come back and see what, what it, that red fist belongs to next time on Paper, Pencil, Dice. So, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice. Uh, reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. Uh, you can reach us at paperpencildicepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, until next time, keep gaming, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Paper, Pencil, Dice. Reach out to us at paperpenciledicepodcast at gmail.com. Join us next time to find out what our heroes get into next on Paper, Pencil, Dice.